Welcome to the Change Management Review Podcast, where we bring the best of change management to you. In this From the Field episode, Managing Editor Brian Gorman talks with Change Management Digitization Pioneer Gavin Waddell on how digitization can support practitioners today, as well as what some of the future possibilities of digitization are for our profession. We hope you enjoy this installment of the Change Management Review Podcast. Welcome to the Change Management Review Podcast. I am Brian Gorman, Managing Editor of Change Management Review. And our guest today is Gavin Waddell. Gavin is founder and CEO of Change Activation, which really is a vast library, if you will, of material to support change practitioners. And Gavin, I'm going to ask you to talk about each of your enterprises a little bit to introduce um, them to our listeners. Gavin works with senior executives at multinational companies, helping them navigate their way through change. Gavin is a faculty member and teaches change at major universities, quite literally around the world from where he lives in Australia. And Gavin, most recently, is the creator and genius behind Change Plan. So with that mild introduction, Gavin, welcome. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. I'm not sure I would agree with all of those, uh, that that hyperbole. It was very, very delightful to hear that. Um, But thank you. I'm really absolutely pleased to be here. So tell us a little bit, first of all, about your journey through change. Sure. I think it's so interesting the way that people come to organizational change management, isn't it? You get people coming from all sorts of different directions uh, who end up in the world of change. People come from um, training. People come from the world of project management. Uh, people come from operational backgrounds, psychology, counseling, you know, all sorts of backgrounds. Uh, my journey was originally from the world of corporate training. So I was working as a corporate trainer, having studied psychology and business, and I was running a lot of leadership training. And, um, I, you know, I just became fascinated with John Cotter model, eight steps to change. He had all those penguins, all that great stuff. And um, I, I thought it, I found it really fascinating uh, this is going back to going back about 20 years when uh, all change was still relatively nascent, relatively new. Having having learned a little bit about John Cotter and having done some training work on it myself, and then de- deploying training, running training uh, on the Cotter model, I just became really fascinated with with seemingly how simple it was, but seemingly how incredibly needed it was to to move people through a series of, of stages. I was a business school in, in Cambridge in the UK and took a, a course on change management there. Uh, this is after having been working for a few years and um, just for one reason or another just became sort of inspired to make a short YouTube video and it was just called What is Change Management, which I literally drew in my notebook with a, with a, a Sharpie. Uh, and that video has become really popular I think it's got a million hits now on YouTube. And so that was all the, the start of this journey into sort of sharing information about organizational change management. So you create this little video and your life trajectory, it sounds like really 
shifted. So if we, we jump forward, how did change activation come about? Right. Well, we, so we, we started sharing this video with, with people around the world and offering downloads. And it was very clear that there was a, a real need to farm people out, out in different communities to understand what change management is. Uh, so we just started preparing infographics and videos and training materials and sharing them under this banner called Change Activation. Uh, and I guess the, the one thing just sort of uh, bubbled from the next and um, all of these materials becoming available and to support the business, we, we ended up also creating tools and templates and um, having a, a sort of a mixed balance between free materials to support the community and then also some paid-for materials to support the business at the same time. Uh, so that's how change activation came along. Uh, and we've been running now for about, I think, 12 years now, Just been really exciting. And you've had a few downloads along the way, right? Yes, yes, uh, yes, yes, absolutely. I think our What is Change Management video, I mean, it's obviously on YouTube, but the PDF version is now in 14 languages. And uh, it's been downloaded more than 50,000 times, which is really exciting to see. Uh, and that's all still available at changeactivation.com. More recently, you have entered the world of technology and technology as it connects to change management. What brought you there? Yeah, that's a great question. And, and um, you know, I think there's only so many, so many times that you can look at Excel templates um, without eventually starting to think, gosh, there, there must be some sort of better way of doing this. Yeah, we've been doing some surveying of our community over the last I guess four years now, and um, some of the responses that we that are really we 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 find in common are things like the fact that people are finding it difficult to to do the really the data focused work around change management. There's some great insights there about all of the people related stuff, about all of the soft skills, but just tracking and and managing data, aggregating information from individual initiatives and projects up to portfolio levels, having a single source of truth for stakeholder information, being able to generate reporting, uh, building credibility with, uh, with leaders just by having instant access to information. Those are things that change managers seem to be struggling with fairly universally uh, in organizations of all sizes. So we, we really started to think that there must be some sort of better way of handling organizational change than simply with templates that aren't necessarily connected. Uh, so all these disconnected or unconnected spreadsheets. Uh, so we started thinking about building a platform about three or four years ago. Uh, and that's what we've been working on ever since. And that platform is now Change Plan. And, yeah, that's, uh, that's right. I was fortunate enough to have a tour, if you will, of Change Plan last fall. And there were a number of features that I remember the templates. Uh, so, you know, it's many of those things that you, you talked about in terms of stakeholders and timelines and real-time status reporting and, and so forth. And there were also some things that either are rare or that in my decades of change management experience I've never seen at all. 
And so on the rare side is the heat map. Can you talk to us a little bit? Because I, I think there are many practitioners that are not even familiar with the heat map concept, nonetheless, the value that it offers. Yeah, sure. I'd be happy to talk talk about the, the heat mapping function. So we, we've launched Change Plan, which is a, a software as a service application or a solution. So it's a, a system in which change managers and change practitioners can, can do the work. It's a, designed to be a single source of truth for, for the change management efforts. And, and um, it's designed to sit alongside or to work alongside all of the existing proprietary methodologies. We're not just, we're not trying to get you to change the way that you work. We're simply trying to support you in the existing way that you work to support your existing approach. One of the benefits of pulling together all the information that you have uh, is that we can start to create some really neat reporting, including heat mapping. Uh, so if you can imagine, once you've, you've pulled in information about who your stakeholders are for a particular initiative and then started to think about your impacts, who's, how are they impacted, doing your impact assessments, uh, and started to perhaps also create activities, so training, learning, comms, uh, coaching, uh, engagement activities, put all of those into place. Once you've gone through those three sort of key steps that everyone works through, the system is able to then generate heat maps that share, that share both the, that, that show you both impact of change across initiatives uh, but also the amount of time away from work that your end target stakeholders will be pulled, will, will be subject to because of change activities. Uh, and because the system can, can do this at scale, you can start to see across initiatives, across organizational structures, uh, a heat map for what's happening uh, across time. Uh, and that can be really compelling because you can start to have really engaging conversations with leaders about where their, their groups or teams or, or divisions are going to be burdened or reach change saturation uh, through time, and, and uh, that can help with project sequencing. Uh, so the, the, dis, the stick, distinction that Change Plan allows you to do is just it does it automatically because uh, it's, all, it's pulling information from the system. The, the second piece that you mentioned is one that I had never seen before. Um, I think as change practitioners, we are all used to additional duties as assigned. You know, we are going to make this change work. It, it, it can't fail, and you're going to have to do it on top of your day job. And, and so that function that lets people see, you know, we're not asking people for a couple of hours a week. We may be taking sometimes 10 or 20 or 50% of, of the their scheduled work time um, mm -hmm. and, and yet not making any adjustment in their duties. So to me, that's probably a, a very powerful feature. Gavin, can you give us an example of um, how one of your clients is now using change plan? Yeah, sure. Uh, we've got uh, uh, one example that, that comes to mind is a financial services organization that has a fairly large change team, about 40 people, including a whole bunch of contract change uh, practitioners. One of the biggest challenges that they've been having is just having consistency about how they capture information about change. So once we brought a system into place, 
after the initial few months of trying to get used to using a system, the ability to, for everyone to be able to contribute to this same repository of information has been really powerful. So what you see there is you see portfolio leaders being able to really accurately track what's going on across the multiple initiatives that they supervise or they oversee. Uh, so you get immediate accountability. And also all of your contract change people, they're now required to use the system, which means that all of the information is, is pulled in in a unified way. Uh, and none of that data is lost when those people leave the organization. Uh, so that's been really powerful. Uh, and they've got I think between 80 and 120 initiatives at any one time. Uh, and, and, you know, because the system's scalable, it makes it really easy to, to zoom in to one particular project. And um, one of the things that we've been working on is making sure that our system is really, uh, it's an end-to-end -end solution. So it can give you really high-level, big-picture stuff, but you can also zoom right down to the granular details like uh, an individual stakeholder analysis, um, creating an individual targeted activity um, and, and anywhere and, and anywhere in between. Uh, so for that organization, the, 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 um, the system becomes a real unifying feature across their, their whole change practice. Are you able to quantify yet how much time change practitioners get back to do the work of change management as opposed to tracking the data and reporting the data of change management? Uh, admittedly, it's a little anecdotal still. So we launched a year ago and we're still capturing data on that. What we're seeing is, and we, we, we have yet to do some really deep research on this, but what we're seeing at least anecdotally from our customers is that it's freeing them up of about 50% of their admin time. Um, and we believe that change uh, practitioners, change managers spend about a third of their time on admin time. So... I think a conservative estimate would be that it, it, it liberates a sixth of your time. Uh, now, that doesn't sound like a, a huge amount, but when we start to make the case to organizations, uh, you know, if someone's, if someone's earning $75,000 a year, then that's $12,500 worth of time that we're liberating. And a license for change plan is nowhere near that, that figure there. So uh, you're liberating a lot of time, but it's, uh, that in terms of in, in terms of um, what change plan brings to practitioners, it's not just time. It's also that it allows you to do so much more than you could have done previously with your data. In addition to having all that additional time that you're not needing to to chase reports or wrangle your spreadsheets. If we can look out into the future, where do you see the overall role of digitization of change management going? I'm very, very bullish on the role that digitization has to play in organizational change management. I think the soft skills are necessary, but not sufficient for the future of change management. So it's very important to be able to dialogue with stakeholders. It's very important to have great interpersonal skills. You know, you have to have all of those things, but that's not enough. There's a, there's a, um, there's a tech uh, executive called Mark Benioff, head of Salesforce, and and he he says that digital we're not we're just at the beginning of digitization, and I, I tend to agree. Actually, I think we are just at the very tip of what digitization can do. If you imagine that once we've got all of our 
uh, once we've brought together our data in a really unified way and, and, and we're able to intelligently interrogate that data, we're going to be able to do some really cool stuff like doing predictive analytics on how change is likely to be received in certain groups in certain circumstances, uh, like being able to suggest activities or interventions for particular scenarios based on the learning from organisations of all different sizes and, and shapes. So we're, we're already thinking about the ways that we're going to be able to, to use digitization. I think there's just any number of ways that, that we're going to be able to do things and, and also just having a far more consistent dialogue with our target stakeholders about initiatives, being able to interact with them in low friction ways. Um, so, you know, at the moment we're doing things like net promoter score style emails where you ping them and just track their track their, uh, their, their readiness. Those kinds of things I think are going to be just even more common so you can really get a sense of where everyone's at uh, and it's not annoying for them. It's not time-consuming. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited about it. In a way, I see this as being at the early stages of uh, moving to electronic medical records. You know, very much like you said, that one of the functions of electronic medical records is improving the accuracy of the diagnoses that the doctors are providing yeah. by drawing from that rich base of data that are, are collected through the medical records. And I would anticipate at some level, not unlike the medical profession, there will be resistance in bringing this forward because just like everybody else, change is tough for change practitioners. Yes, my, yes, uh... <laughs> I completely agree with you. Uh, what I would suggest is that change managers are just like everyone else and we have our habits and we have the way that we work. And the reality is that, you know, our brains look at, at new initiatives and we think, well, it's either a help or it's a hindrance. And uh, I'm not sure about this. And, um, you know, our brains don't like change. So we work very hard to try and explain how things will look and how this will support the way that you, you currently work. But it's no different from any other change initiative where you need to create the awareness and so on. Um, and change practitioners are notoriously change resistant, embarrassingly. But I have faith, you know, once people move forward, then they, they start to understand the, the, the benefits, of course. And um, the reality is that the, the, the opportunity cost of not moving in this direction is, is, is big because we can do some great stuff when we've got all of the information in one system. Um, as you saw, I mean, I'm just doing heat maps. It's, it's just a small part of it, I suppose, particularly as organisations get larger and more complex and and initiatives are more numerous and, and uh, large scale changes have become more a norm, we have to be able to, to constantly handle a, 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 the amount of change we're going through and then keep the change at the right level and kind of like the Goldilocks zone. So we're not bubbling over where we're getting too much saturation uh, and, we're, and we're not underutilizing people's capacity to do new things. And what just occurred to me, Gavin, in, in listening to just now, is theoretically you can even plug in external change disruptors. You know, I was working with one client I was coaching right when COVID started. And um, 
there they were implementing a major CMR system and they were not making any adjustment to the schedule. We need to have this up by X date. Being able to input what is the impact of moving our workforce home, et cetera, et cetera, plugging in those external forces to redraw that heat map could have informed a much healthier decision. Right. So it's kind of like scenario testing. Is that what you're suggesting? Yeah. You're saying, okay, what's the impact of these particular stressors on the system? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's that's a that's a really neat future direction for things to go. So uh, we know that we're going to have impacts here. What will that look like? What what can we do to, to move around that? Um, you know, we're getting to a stage where organisations are sufficiently large and sufficiently complex that you need to start thinking in these sort of almost abstract ways about uh, about events and situations and, and um because the, te- the, re- the rewards for being able to do it well are just are so big and the, and the, and the downsides of, of responding poorly uh, are, you know, commercially really significant. Right. Uh, I, yeah, I think that's a great point. So um, scenario testing is, is you know, super helpful. Um, and then also just being able to predict what, what some of these, these nasties might be. Or even um, what is the impact if we've launched this initiative now? Is it going to overburden the system? Oh, yeah, right. Well, that's absolutely right. And that's something we can already do. We can see what, what's going on because you can see the time and, and uh, the, the time and impact levels uh, of, of various initiatives across your organisation. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think it's absolutely right. It's a question of, I mean, I, again, I come back to that idea of the Goldilocks zone. You, we want to keep change in the Goldilocks zone, but not above and not below. So we don't want to leave any change ability on the table and we don't want to burden people too heavily. Gavin, this is fascinating. This is a significant piece of the future of this profession. And I thank you for your time. Thank you so much. It's a real pleasure. And um, thanks to your audience for your uh, attention as well. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Change Management Review Podcast with Brian Gorman, Managing Editor of the Change Management Review, and Gavin Waddell. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and like us on LinkedIn.